Welcome to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFISFM. Yep, Sharon, we are on the air in our own little station. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, pretty crowded outside. Uh, yeah, and it's nice and warm out there, too. Yeah. And it's going to get warmer. <clears throat> well. And I had a surprise when I walked in. Half our lights were out. Oh. Who didn't pay the bill? Uh, well, somebody, not naming any names, turned a switch off because they thought they were turning a light off. Well, they did. They turned our production room off, half of our audio station off, half of Reg's office off, and the room next to it off. So, um, but it took us a good half hour, if not longer, to find the stupid switch. (laughs) We checked the panel and we checked, oh, Mm -hmm. I was going bonkers because if I'm working in the production room, which I had a bunch to do there, I couldn't read what I was have written in front of me. No. Yeah, right. That's right. You needed a head head uh headlight headlamp or on. Yeah. <laughs> remember um remember to do that next time is to just have a headlamp waiting here just in case. <laughs> you know, um we have we're waiting for a phone call from back east. In the meantime, uh, when I came out of the house this morning, I had a flat tire, flatter than a pancake. And I had, I had purchased uh, one of those little pumps that fits in your uh, cigarette lighter. Yeah, I've got one. It's still in the package. Yeah. Well, I just ha- I wanted it for my tractor, for my snowblower, and for the the little trailer that goes on the tractor. Mm-hmm. And so I I I used it on the trailer, so I knew how to use it. And so I got it out and I. I pumped it up, and then I thought, oh, I wonder if I'll be able to get into a tire shop without making an appointment. So the first one I called was Big O Tires, and they are at 32000 Victoria Street across from McDonald's. Troy Gillespie answered the phone, told me to come on in. I drove in. I don't know. Um, I didn't have to wait at all for them to take the car in. And uh, I was able to sit there and do some research for the show. And in no time, it was ready to go. Yeah. And it didn't cost me an arm and a leg. They were very, it's a very nice, pleasant, clean place. And I just want to give them a shout out. Thank you very much, Troy and gang at Big O Tires at 250-612-4777. Yeah, but in, uh, unless it's a really... Uh, like a gash or something that they have to replace a tire. And even then, it doesn't take them long to do it. Yeah, well, it would take me forever to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, you and me both. I mean, we're not. And I didn't want to call uh, BCAA because, you know, you have to wait um, how many hours? Four wow. hours. Yeah. You end up them. waiting and waiting. Well, yeah. you wouldn't have made it in time for the show. No. No, I wouldn't have. No. Now, I don't know why our um, our guest hasn't called in yet uh we don't have a number for him well i'm going to look it up um in the meantime we were at the uh fair yeah and we were there every day yep and it turned out to be very nice yeah it was beautiful weather and the people that came up to talk to us to say that they listened to us oh yeah remember bob used to say we had one listener 
<laughs> well, we've got a lot more than one one listener. Yeah. I, I had one fellow come up, and when he found out I did a show, like, oh, my God, I was something really precious. I'm just a human being like everybody else. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> but I mean, he was really hyper. <laughs> he bought a membership, though. Oh, good. Because well, he liked our show. and Well, you probably turned on the charm. Well, why not? <laughs> if it gets us a membership, sure, I'll do it. <laughs> now, um, I'm trying to find our our phone number here. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry, folks, to be with this, uh, um, to hold you up. Yeah. Anyway, I thought that when I got into... Uh, when I got into the fair, the first thing that made me start to laugh was um, the screaming. The oh, kids on the, rides. on the rides. And it really took me back to, you know, um, riding on the front seat of the, uh, oh, not the, not the Ferris wheel, the other one, the really scary one. Oh, the... Uh, yeah, yeah, up and down and around. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And and I thought to myself, look at us. We spend money to be scared to death. <laughs> yeah, and and really, what on earth uh, makes us do that? When I walked out one day, the bunch of screaming started, and someone says, "Oh, not again." <laughs> <laughs> well, it just makes me laugh because so many of us, like my sister. She would get sick if she yeah. went on anything. And uh, I was in Edmonton at the West Edmonton Mall. All of us cousin, female cousins decided to meet in uh, West Edmonton Mall. And and we went on the rides. And because she and I competed, she decided that I wasn't going to be the only one riding on the... Oh, yeah. And so she got on. She was sick. The rest of the day, I shouldn't <laughs> laugh at it because it was not nice. <laughs> but the stupid thing is, they get off that ride and they go right back on again. Yeah, yeah. And there was that one that shakes, rolls forward. Yep. Oh, I've been on that, and uh, oh, I, I just... couldn't get my husband to go on anything. Actually, I did get him on the Ferris wheel once, mm-hmm. but um, he's he's just he just wasn't a person for that sort of thing. That. That, to him, was wasting money. Yeah. Well, I think he was right. But some of us are really addicted to adrenaline, you know. But you need to have fun, too. (laughs) Yeah. Life isn't just work, work, work. It was for him, but he... And he was slowly learning that, yeah, it can be fun. However, he didn't last long enough to really enjoy it. Well, yeah, some people are just raised to work. Yeah. Well, he did. He worked with his dad from a young kid up, yeah. and uh, that's all he ever did. I remember a friend of mine um, was told to marry a man that was a good provider. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was the message. It didn't matter what else he did, as long as he had a job and provided well. Yeah. didn't matter if he, he abused you or spent money on booze. Or as long as around. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um I I just uh, it's just amazing. We only have one life. Yeah. So let's live it the best we can. Yeah. Uh, well, That's, I've I've certainly done what I wanted to do. Yeah. And me too pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> There's still things I'd like to do, but some of those things my body says you can't do that. No. No. You know, I I did get to Ireland, but I'd like to go on a sailing ship. Um 
on the island, like around the islands. Oh, yes. I would like to go on one of those um, real sailing ship. Yeah. And uh, uh, you could spend a week on them. And wouldn't that be the most wonderful? Actually, my sister and brother-in-law did that one time. They got on a cruise in the Caribbean that was sails. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had a, they had a motor sails. that oh. they could use if they needed to, but otherwise they were sailing. Yeah. And that you're depending on the wind. But yes. they really enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, think of some of the people that um, sailed from... Well, they just got off course and ended up on um, yeah. the coast of Vancouver from um, some island, like down south, someplace, yeah. and and they ended up not having much to do <clears throat> well, to stop it. Yeah, when you're sailing, you're you're really relying on the wind and the currents. Mm-hmm. And if there's no wind, well, the currents just take you wherever. That's right. They're going and. That happened to me in Mexico. I was in Mazatlan. Oh, yeah. And uh, I went down to go swimming, because that's what I'm there for. Mm-hmm. And um, and the I didn't pay any attention to anything. The next thing I know, I'm a mile offshore. <laughs> yep. And so they had a, um undertow. Oh, yeah. So I know about undertow, so I didn't get to excited about it yeah and uh all of a sudden up pops a young girl on a board yeah she got pulled out oh yeah and then a young fella pops up and he's on a board Uh and they said what are we going to do and i said well we can just visit and stay calm and uh the undertow is going to take us back into shore and so we visited and <laughs> uh, the next thing we knew, there we were on shore. Yeah. And when I got back to uh, the hotel, because I had to walk back um, on the beach, yeah. the uh, the security guy just gave me royal hell. Oh boy, <laughs> did he ever! And um, he uh, he showed me the sign. There was a big red sign up. Yeah. No swimming today. Well, I do. Oh, didn't. brother. That's why you got <laughs> hell. That's why I really got it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You I just didn't just, see it. No, I was just doing my thing. You yep. know, every morning I got up and had a, um, I, I would have a great big bowl of fruit, fresh fruit. Yeah. And uh, I don't oh. know. I'm having an awful time trying to find this guy's phone number. I wonder if he's... Thinking it's his time. Well, he would have called here early this morning. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) when there was no there would have been nobody here to answer the phone. So the the uh, exhibition. I can't believe how many people were there. Sunday was kind of slow, but uh, otherwise, I, I think everybody just couldn't wait. Yeah. To go and have fun, like you said earlier. Oh, yes. Yeah. And I talked to my sister yesterday. Her son, uh, her one son's daughters had goats and, and a lamb. And I think one of them had a steer in there, too. Anyway, um, they were involved with them a lot. And they were in the auction. And she said, they did really good. 
Oh, did she? She bought her oldest granddaughter's goat, and she said, and I paid for it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Some guy kept bidding her up, and she wanted it. <laughs> oh, really? What are they going to do with it? Well, they're going to slaughter it. Oh, gosh. Yikes. Yeah. Don't talk about but that. She bought another one that um, they can turn around and use for breeding. <laughs> Although, when uh. when they go to the auction, they have to realize that they are being bought for the meat. Okay. And they have, pay so much a pound. Have you have you got a pen? Yep. Right now? One nine zero two. Yep. Four seven eight one six eight five. Okay, I'll see what I can do here. Yeah. And so folks, um this is a surprise because I've got the the uh, I'm we're, we've got Robert Batherson coming on, and he's the president of the Conservative Party of Canada. And uh, Todd Doherty's um, one of his his uh, right arms, Colin, um, arranged for us to have this interview so that we could talk to someone back east about a Conservative Party that hardly, if it wasn't for Todd. What would we be doing here? Because I I looked at how many um, conservatives are MPs in Canada. Newfoundland has one. Northwest Territories have not, none. That's conservatives I'm talking about. Alberta has 30. BC has 13. Manitoba has seven. New Brunswick has four. Nova Scotia has three. Nunavut has zero. Ontario has 37, PEI 0, uh, Quebec has 10, and so Saskatchewan's got 14, and Yukon 0. So um, they want to win the leadership, the parliament, and... uh, And and so Judy's having to leave a message now. So in uh, the total liberals in government are 158. The total uh, conservative party is 119. The um, Quebec, I never know what, the Bloc, Quebec, has got 32. The NDP's got 25, Green Party 2, Independent 1. And this is something I didn't know. A political party must have at least 12 members in House of Commons to become uh, a recognized party for the purposes of parliamentary proceedings. And then I wanted to ask him about the Senate. Like, why do we have a Senate? Because we don't know anything about this, do we, really? No, we don't. And um, the Senate is the upper house in Canada. It's called bicameral. I meant to look that up. I don't know what it means. Parliament. And any uh, uh, parliamentary democracy, a bicameral. I want to say bicameral, camel, but it's bicameral um, democracy. It unites a diverse group of accomplished Canadians in service to their country. There's 105 and they shape our future. They're, they, uh, their legislation uh, suggests improvements. They fix mistakes. 
And here's something I didn't know. A bill must pass Senate before becoming law. Yep. So propose a bill to generate, they propose, they can propose a bill to generate debate about issues of national importance. And I believe it has to be read three times, at three different times. Uh, yeah, I don't know about that. Um, so it was created to counterbalance representation by population in the House of Commons. And it evolved from defending regional interests to give voice to the un- underrepresented groups like Indigenous people, visible minorities, and women. And so the Senate, um, I guess, leader is Don Platt. The deputy leader is Luke Luke, Luke Berthold. The leader is Candace Bergen, interim leader, and the House leader is John Bassard. I mean, they're all leaders. Like, that gets me right there. Why yeah. do we have that word leader? And then I, it was interesting to see the Conservative Party started in 1867 till 1942. And then it changed to Progressive Conservative Party from 1942 to 2003. And it's center-right. And it became the Conservative Party of Canada in December 7th, 2003. And that was when Stephen Harper um, brought the the two parties together, the one that was in Alberta and the one... Uh, and their ideology is conservatism, liberal conservatism, economic liberalism, and progressive conservatism. And uh, the conservatives, they believe in low taxes, free market, deregulation, privatization, reduced government spending, and government debt. Traditional social values familyism so it's about families and religion that are being threatened by secularism and moral relativism how do we know those words they're and, big words and well they're words that are totally political i think and so you know you think about this privatization uh, we might have our guest and so Oh good. Okay. Robert? Hi Sharon. Look, uh, I guess the senior moments on me, not on you. My uh, my apologies. Uh, just kinda, I, I was on an emergency call of another kind, so I, well, I appreciate Judy's reminder. <laughs> you are a politician, and you are on call by the citizens of your community whenever they need you. <laughs> I was just going through a little bit of of the beliefs of the Conservative Party. Yes, and um, and so I think I think let's start with that because I was reading about um, oh I talked about the Senate because we don't really know that much about what all the purposes are of the Senate and do Conservative Party members move into the Senate or how does that work? 
Well, the role of the Senate of Canada is set in the Constitution, and uh, essentially uh, the Prime Minister uh, continues, uh, as has been the case since uh, Confederation in 1867. Uh, The the Prime Minister uh, recommends senators. Now, the uh, Justin Trudeau government made a change whereby, uh, in their mind, they're depoliticizing the Senate by not uh, naming senators to either the Liberal or the Conservative caucus. Uh, what Conservative MPs have seen since 2015 is even if the senators appointed by Justin Trudeau uh, aren't uh, Liberal by formal political affiliation, uh, they tend to side with the government in terms of the legislation that they bring forward. Okay. And so I understood that they were there to counterbalance representation by population um, in the House of Commons. Yeah, when when Confederation was uh, established, the the Senate the Senate was uh, established to um, uh, provide that regional counterbalance, and the yeah. uh, the membership by province is is set in the Constitution. Um, originally, it was set by region and. Certainly over the years, uh, Conservatives have uh, attempted to reform the Senate to make it uh, elected, to make it more accountable to uh, to citizens. Um, there was a Supreme Court of Canada decision that uh, puts limits on the ability of the federal government to um, reform the Senate without... Uh, Good. Yeah. Have I lost you? I've lost you. Judy, we've lost him. Oh, I wonder what happened. Hello? Yeah, he's gone. Uh Uh-oh. Well, those are our connections. I hope he phones back. If you can hear me, call me back, please. Yeah, well, that's a problem. He probably wouldn't be be listening. Yeah. Well, darn it. Well, he'll call back. Um, the, uh, when the, you can't hear us, hopefully. Yeah, he, yeah. Because yeah. I want to know what a shadow cabinet is. And, and, uh, and he's president, he was president of natural, national, I think he still is president of national council. He's been involved in the conservative party for 30 years. So oh, yeah. He knows exactly what he's talking about. Well, he should, yeah. I don't. Yeah, um, I was interested in. in oh. We're having a hot, tough time here today, folks. Hello, hello. <laughs> this is Judy. I'll put you up, and you'll have time. Uh, okay. Hey, he's back. Good. Um, you know, Robert, are you there? I'm here. Sorry, I dropped call. Well, the thing is, you have to pay your phone bill. (laughs) Now, so Robert, you you're the president of the Conservative Party of Canada, which is kind of a big deal, I think. And and uh, you've been involved in that party for thirty years, so you've been through all the changes that have happened in the past thirty years, going from progressive conservative to to uh, what. Uh, the Conservative Party of Canada with Stephen Harper, and what are the the real um, you know the the 
the beliefs of the Conservative Party? Because I was looking up how did center right and center left come to be, and uh, and so I I see that the the Conservatives are considered uh, center right. Yes, Sharon, and in fact, any of your listeners can go to the Conservative Party of Canada's website, www.conservative.ca, and you'll see both in our uh, Constitution and the National Policy Declaration, there is a series of guiding principles that were first adopted at our founding convention in Montreal in 2005, and... uh, have been through a series of national conventions. There have been a few modifications, but essentially the guiding principles uh, that uh, were adopted in 2005 in Montreal uh, remain the same. Um, But you're right. Uh, Over the last 30 years, uh, we have gone from uh, two legacy parties, uh, the Progressive Conservative Party of Canada uh, and the Reform Party, followed by the Canadian Alliance, uh, through the merger that was negotiated and ratified by both legacy parties uh, uh, in the 2003-2004 period. And my role as president sort of came about uh, president of National Council uh, by election uh, by my colleagues on National Council from across Canada. So we have two uh, representatives on National Council that represent uh, British Columbia, uh, Robert Boyd and Manny Fallon. They're both volunteers. They were elected at our uh, virtual convention in 2021, uh-huh. and uh, they're doing a tremendous job uh, representing British Columbia Conservatives uh, on the Conservative Party of Canada's National Council. And then National Councillors elected me as president after our national convention in March of 2021. Yeah. And now are you calling me from Nova Scotia or Ottawa? I'm calling you from Nova Scotia. I'm a volunteer, too, so uh, <laughs> oftentimes there's a mis- mis- misconception that I'm uh, based in Ottawa, but uh, I've been very privileged to have been elected by my fellow Nova Scotians uh, uh, on National Council. Uh, I'm on my third term. Yeah. I was first elected in 2016, actually, when the National Convention was held in Vancouver. Oh, yes. Uh, re-elected in uh, 2018 when we went from the Pacific Coast to the Atlantic Coast. Yeah. And our national convention was held uh, in Halifax in 2018. And then with the advent of COVID, unfortunately, we had to have a virtual convention right. in March of 2021. Well, Nova Scotia is one of our favorite places. A lot of us, uh, I don't know what that is about. Maybe it's Anne Murray. <laughs> we have, there's a lot of us that have a warm place in our heart for Nova Scotia and Newfoundland and, and those, um, Far East places. I was noticing that about the um, MPs that we have across Canada that are conservative MPs, and um, and then I looked at the Liberals have 158, and uh, Conservative Party of Canada has 119, uh, and so we have an election coming up on September 10th. And do you want to just talk a little bit about the people who put their name forward? You probably know them. We don't know them. So, yes, there is a leadership election underway, and we have five uh, great candidates uh, who are uh, running for the top job. Um, And I'll try to uh, go in alphabetical order. Uh, Of course, Sharon, uh, uh, for your eagle-eyed or eagle-eared listeners, if they go to our website and read our Constitution, Article 6.2 requires me as president. And, and all our national councillors to be neutral in leadership right. elections. Yep. So I'll, 
I'll, I'll present them fairly uh, to your listeners, uh, and we'll try to go in alphabetical order to the best of my ability. Okay. Uh, Scott Aitchison, uh, who is the MP for Perry Sound, Muskoka, mm-hmm. uh, is one of our five candidates. Uh, Roman Babber, who is a former uh, member of provincial parliament uh, from uh, Ontario. Uh, Jean Charest, who was a member of parliament uh, from Quebec, right. uh, a federal cabinet minister, uh, leader of the PC Party of Canada, and uh, and Quebec premier. Uh, Dr. Leslin Lewis, who is a member of parliament for Haldeman Norfolk, Ontario, and candidate in the 2020 uh, leadership election. And uh, Pierre Polyev, who is the uh, member of parliament for Carleton, uh, outside of Ottawa, a longtime member of parliament. And uh, he is uh, running as well. So those are our five uh, leadership candidates. Anybody who is uh, a member of the party should have received their uh, ballot by mail. And uh, that ballot needs to be completed and returned and received uh, in Ottawa no later than 5 p.m. Eastern on September 6th. And then on September 10th, uh, Saturday, we'll be having uh, a leadership election announcement when we announce uh, the results uh, from that leadership election. It's a preferential ballot. Um, all 338 ridings uh, have an equal uh, say. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so our 42 electoral districts in British Columbia uh, have the same weight as, uh, as other electoral districts uh, across Canada. And we've seen tremendous, tremendous growth, historic growth, mm-hmm. uh, in our party's membership, uh, 678,000 uh, members across Canada. Uh, that's an all-time high, not wow. just for the Conservative Party of Canada, yeah. but uh, for all political parties. And uh, and I expect we're going to have a record number of, of, uh, of voters as well uh, vote in this leadership election. And we have ballots coming in every day uh, into Ottawa, and they are verified, and then they will be counted uh, after uh, at, between September 6th and September 10th. The other thing that's interesting is uh, Roman Babber, Babber it was born in Russia, and and uh, then his family moved to Israel when he was eight, um, and then they came to Canada in 1995. I mean, that shows something about Canada and um, and what you can do if you want to. And and Leslie Lewis, she was born in Jamaica. And uh, and those are the things that I think are kind of amazing when you think about Jamaica and Russia and and these people are running for the leadership of a a, a party here in Canada. No, you're absolutely right, Sharon. There's great diversity uh, amongst our uh, our five candidates. Uh, we have new Canadians. Uh, mm-hmm. We have people, uh, for example, uh, uh, Pierre Polyev, although he is represented a uh, a riding in the Ottawa area for the last 18 years. He was born in um, uh, Calgary mm-hmm. uh, with Scott Aitchison. You have someone who was the uh, who was a mayor uh, of Huntsville, Ontario for many years and a councillor before that. Uh, and, uh, and actually um, had uh, a very interesting personal story where uh, he uh, he struck out on his own uh, quite early in life and uh-huh. uh, and established himself uh, uh, independently. And then with uh, Jean Charest, you have someone who has experience uh, oh, yeah. running uh, 
the second largest provincial government in Canada, yeah. um, and also has federal cabinet experience. So, uh, so great, great diversity amongst our candidates. And and you're right with uh, with uh, uh, Leslie Lewis and Roman Barber, uh, two new Canadians who have built uh, successful lives here in Canada and are uh, giving back in uh, perhaps the most selfless way, and that's running for the leadership of a national political party and uh, aspiring to uh, lead a national government and be prime minister. Yeah, um, the, the one I hear the most about is Pierre. Is it Polyvere? Polyvere? Is that how you pronounce well, his name? Well, Sharon, I don't want to get into trouble by mispronouncing <laughs> any of our five leadership candidates. Uh, and I, I would I would say Mr. Polyev could probably uh, give the most acceptable uh, pronunciation uh, of his name. Um, I'm terrible. Or, or some of his uh, uh, parliamentary colleagues in, in British Columbia who are supporting him. Yeah. Uh, but to the best of my ability, it's uh, Pierre Polyev. Polyev, okay. Um, the other thing I'm interested in is what is the shadow cabinet? So historically, um, the shadow cabinet term comes out of uh, British parliamentary tradition, okay. where the governing party, uh, the leader of that party, uh, selects members of parliament to form the cabinet, who are cabinet ministers. And then the official opposition party, they um, form uh, a shadow cabinet where oh. they ask members of parliament to essentially shadow the ministers. Okay. Now, in Canada... Uh, we've historically called those roles critics, but uh, yeah. we've seen over the last number of years uh, sort of reverting to the British parliamentary tradition where our members of parliament don't just uh, criticize the government, they actually provide uh, alternate, alternate points of view and alternate policy positions. Yeah. And so uh, I know, for example, uh, Todd Doherty, uh, in your area has been very much involved in addictions and mental health. Yes. And so what uh, a number of conservative leaders dating back to Andrew Scheer have done is that they've appointed shadow ministers as opposed to critics. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think you should be critical without, a, uh, you know, a solution. Absolutely. Uh, you know, then you're just whining. And um, yes. and so who wants to listen to that? Um, it looks like I have to take a break. Do you have a few minutes more? Um, sure. Can you, uh, can you, do you mind having your producer give me a quick call back in a few minutes? Yeah. Well, what we can do is I've got another person coming. So I think I have to say goodbye to you, uh, uh, Robert. I'm sorry about all the stuff that happened today. No, not a problem, Sharon. These things happen. And look, uh, all the best, all the best to your listeners, and thank you for this great opportunity, and uh, sorry for our hiccup earlier in the hour. That's okay. We lived through it. Thank you so much, Robert, and Good. have a great day. Take care, Sharon. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is Senior Moments, and we'll take a short break and be back with our next guest. Give your morning a boost with some sounds from above with Songs in the Chapel Sunday mornings at 9 on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Join me, Corey Walker, as I fill the airwaves with the sounds of heavenly gospel music. I feature a mixture of traditional country, bluegrass, southern, and black gospel, and even a little bit of worship and contemporary Christian music. An inspiring message from the Salvation Army's Heartbeat series is featured in every show. A Songs in the Chapel Sunday morning at 9, only here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Tickets are still available for Vantage Point's Building Organizational and Sector Sustainability Conference. November 15th and 16th, join not-for-profit leadership peers and stakeholders in conversation and learning around this year's theme, Healthy, Sustainable Work. 
Registration and full details are available at bossvancouver.ca. Vantage Point's Building Organizational and Sector Sustainability Conference, November 15th and 16th. Learn to build realistic plans for attracting diverse sources of revenue with Vantage Point's Raising the Right Revenue. This eight-session fund development lab is for executive directors and those responsible for the financial sustainability of their not-for-profit organization. Registration and full details are available through the All Labs link under training at thevantagepoint.ca. Raising the Right Revenue, a fund development lab. Thursday afternoons from 1 to 4 starting October 6th through thevantagepoint.ca. Prince George five-day forecast from Environment Canada for today, a mix of sun and cloud, a 30% chance of showers late this afternoon with a risk of a thunderstorm. Winds north at 20K, high of 28 with a high UV index. Tonight, partly cloudy with a 30% chance of showers early this evening and a risk of a thunderstorm. Clearing late this evening, north winds becoming light, a low of 12. For Wednesday, mainly sunny, fog patches dissipating in the morning, high of 28 with a high UV index. For Thursday, Friday and Saturday, sunny each day, lows near 11 and highs around 24. And for your long-range forecast for Sunday and Monday, a mix of sun and cloud each day, lows near 10 and highs around 26. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Yeah, we're back on again. Yeah, phone's ringing. Yep, okay. okay our next guest is just phoning in. Um, go on the CFIS Conservative Party website and have a look at what's <laughs> going on. Is Angela? We've got to uh, try to make a difference. Okay, I'm going to put you up and we'll oh, have you on. Oh, here's Angela. Hello, Angela. How are you today? Oh, good. It's a bit yeah, warm in here. Good. Oh, you should feel what it feels like in the shelter, actually, because our aircon finally gave in. I was hoping I could get another year out of it. Oh, no. Yeah, we're kind of just running fans everywhere to try and keep the place cool, but uh, we're going to have to get a new aircon, and it's uh, quite a substantial expense for us. So, uh, you know, we're yeah. just... Uh, well, that's what that's what diamonds are forever is going to pay for, right? Oh, absolutely. You know what? Well, you know what? That's we do a bit of a separate fundraiser for it. I think. Um, I think it'll just be nice for us. You know, we've wanted to do it for a long time. Get yep. something really good in yet. So, yeah, we'll probably do a bit of a crowdfunding campaign. I think. Uh, so, are you doing uh, diamonds are forever in September? Oh, yeah, we're almost sold out for that event. So, um, you know, it's a bit exciting for us to be able to do that again and bring it to the community. And, you know, we're doing things better and bigger this time. So. It looks well, hilarious. All oh, the, it is. All those guys walking <laughs> around in Speedos. <laughs> well, you know what's fun about it is, you know, ladies get to get up, have fun, let their hair down in a safe space. Yes. Um, you know, celebrating about there and the dirty show from Calgary, you know, came the last time and, you know, whole, whole new, um, you've got to be very open-minded to come to this event. Um, yes. From the CCR, you'll have the time with your yeah, yeah. Well, if people would go on your website and have a look at um, the <laughs> Diamonds Are Forever fundraiser, Ladies' Night, September, I didn't write the date down. 
September 10th. 10th, right. Yeah. And um, and have a look at the guys walking around in Speedos and um, and have a good laugh. And, and that's what it's all about is to go in. And, and I remember the first time they had one of those down in Quinnell at the Billy Barker. We all went in, and it was hilarious. There was oh, nothing sexy. <laughs> there was nothing sexy yeah. about it at all. It was just so much fun. And so... There was a couple of things that I hadn't really noticed before on on the website. But one of them was the bedroom style rooms that you have for, uh, it, I think it's for the Tales of Rescue or Reader's Reading program. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, it's for, when we originally set up those adoption rooms, we kind of had them, we wanted to make them home, home kind of feel like a bit homely for the animals coming in. It's stressful enough that you, you know, you're leaving your home. Yeah. And now we didn't, we're trying to get away from that general shelter yeah. and really like deep shelter feel. And so anyway, so we originally just kind of made those kind of homely. And then we couldn't do any humane education programs. And we were looking at the, the reading program that originally sort of for to sick kids. Yeah. Because it's so great that we then opened it up to readers. So what we did was we went and decorated them in different themes, and we kind of felt, you know, we encourage kids, you know, you're going to read in the flesh room today, go and read in the rainbow room tomorrow. And so we kind of made it, made it a bit interactive for the kids. Yes. Yeah, and, and so a Speak of Pet and Farm has uh, sponsored a room. Yes. Yeah, we actually have a few of those rooms that are sponsored. We still have a few of them that aren't sponsored, and sponsorship is actually an opportunity that you can do at the shelter. Yes, I think that's yeah. a great idea. And and so you have the uh, Speak a Pet and Farm Room, the Rainbow Room, which is about pets who've crossed over the Rainbow Bridge, yeah. and and the Veterinary Technician Room. Yes, and there you can go and pretend to be a veterinarian. So, you know, there's stuff in there where kids can dress up as vets and um, there's some equipment they can use to pretend. And, and, they, and it might encourage them to carry on to be a veterinarian. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and then the outer space room, that sounds pretty neat. Yeah, when you, when you dim the lights in that room, the little stars come out, and the boys <laughs> tend to love that room the most. So, oh, I um, bet you. Yeah, that's yeah. one of the most popular rooms. And then, yeah, we have the art room, and that's kind of where, you know, your kids want to go in there, do crafts, read books, or just spend time with the animals. But. Nice. And so you have uh, programs. Of, one is for adopting, and I know that it's uh, people have to understand that. The rules are pretty stringent. You just don't give animals away. You make sure they're going to, a, just like a child that would be adopted, you're, these um, animals are going to safe, uh, caring people. Yeah. yeah, you know, we don't want animals returned. You know, we want success yeah. stories for every animal that comes in and for us to screen. We can't screen the animals coming in, uh, I mean, the people that are adopting. We make sure that happens. Yes, and then you, uh, you can foster animals. You know, I was thinking about, um, the, a few weeks ago, a friend of mine, oh, oh, uh, I'm sorry, I've got cramps in my legs. <laughs> my friend, um, she just lost her dog that she's had for 11 or 12 years. You know, Angela, I cried my heart out and I wondered why I cried so hard over that dog. And then I realized when we're a certain age, we have to really think about whether we're going to get another dog or not. Um, the, uh, because we're, they're going to outlive us. Yep. 
Yeah, and you know, yeah, and that's you know, that's realistic, and it's wonderful to hear that that's something that you know you're definitely considering where we're taking you know taking on an animal. Um, but we're actually in, in, interestedly looking at a potential program that we want to do a little later on. Is actually so we have a lot of animals that may come in that are senior, and they're kind of like on their last legs um, yeah. of their life. And yeah, we're, we're then looking. We're looking to potentially put them into um, uh, homes with elderly people. Um, to look after them as a foster until their time is up. And then we are recognizing that, you know, um, you don't necessarily have to take on the responsibility of owning that animal, but you get to take it into, into your home and love it until... Yeah. Until the end of its until life. You, and, can't. you know, that's a program we've always had particular interest in, but we're really looking to kind of see if we can kind of really um, make that program work. Well, you know, I would, uh, if you haven't already got a hold of Prince George Council Seniors or Elder Citizens Recreation Center or the other, uh, there's eight, I think, senior centers in Prince George, because that's my plan. Um, my animals, um, when they go, I'm going to come and see about uh, fostering a senior. And, uh, and, and if I can, uh, foster a senior, that would be great because I don't want to not have an animal. Yep. And so I think it's a great idea. And the other thing I noticed on your website was that you've got a lot of kitty cats and, uh, yeah, how many have you got? Uh, well, we've got probably just on a roughly 60 kittens. Uh, we probably have another three pregnant females. We've got about five cats. I mean, dogs, and then we've got a waiting list. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate for us as an organization is, you know, it's really hard for us not to be able to help every animal. And, yeah. you know, we have restrictions because we've seen a large intake of animals uh, post-COVID. And yes. some of the challenges around access to veterinary care um, is posing some more challenges for pet owners not being able to get the animals better needed. Yes. Um, and so, you know, we're kind of like how, you know, how do we still um, help the big community um, but still be able to operate it as, as a shelter. And so this one, we're actually doing a huge drive at the moment to get people to foster because it's the only way we can open the door to bring more animals in because the shelter's bottlenecked and unfortunately we don't have space or any capacity. Yeah. Um, so if we don't have fosters, we just, you know, we're kind of limited on what we can do. And so is the um, spay and neuter clinic still available? Um, yes, we do that for our adoptable animals. So we've kind of had to find some workable solutions around the lack of access to their care. And so we do on-site neuter clinics for our cats. Mm-hmm. Um, we rent some surgical space in Prince George and bring in mobile clinics to do our female spay, um, dogs and cats. Yeah. And then the dog neuters, we're driving all the way to Quinnell to get them done there. So, you know, um, we're hoping long-term we could be able to probably be able to kind of rent yeah, permanent level and do everything in town, but um, yeah, we're you know we're not any different to to the community members waiting to get vet care. We we just really specifically having the same issue. It's just it's so strange, you know that um, this didn't used to be. Yeah, and you know, you know what it is. It's it's really it, you know they predicted that when COVID happened, yes. they predicted that you know everybody wanted to get a pet. It was we were all sitting at home. We had the opportunity to look after animals, and you know people really wanted to um, you know get animals. They were acquiring animals from um, in, in some ca- low cases rescues, and in some cases they were getting them from imports. Um, not necessarily knowing the behaviour issues of the animals, not right. necessarily properly vetted. 
And then what happened is when COVID hit, the veterinarians no longer could do any vet treatments other than emergency vet care. Oh. So all those pending spay and neuter appointments were cancelled. And then during yes. the whole COVID period until they opened up, people acquired more animals. So now they were trying to catch up that original backlog. And then now trying to catch up all the new ones that came in during that period of time. It just was so overwhelming and then just the lack of veterinarians and being able to, you know, deal with that influx has been challenging and, yes. you know, it's, it's a challenge across BC, but it's, it's really impacted um, Prince George. We don't have any emergency care um, after 10 p.m. until 8 a.m. the next morning. Oh, so you you either suffer or die. Yeah, it's pretty much what it is. Of, yeah. uh, you know, there is a triage, and you can call the triage, but you won't be able to see a veterinarian unless you want to rush to Kelowna, Vancouver. Oh, my uh, gosh. You know, yeah. Um, so we're actually offering first aid courses. It's one of the things that we're actually doing here is we're trying to, you know, what is a real emergency? How do you ascertain what an emergency is? How can you treat something medically to wait to be able to see a veterinarian in the next the next morning. So we've kind of also been trying to provide that resource for the community too, so that we're recognizing, hey, you know, there are some challenges, but they're trying to help you through that so we can take some, uh, you know, struggles of the veterinarian so we can also help the community work through emergencies. Yeah, you know, I, I've hardly ever take my animals to the vet. I've learned how to take care of them myself. And uh, it would be like a dire emergency, just like it would be for myself to go in. And we are responsible. And we give all that responsibility away because that's what we're told to do. I mean, I worm them myself and and the whole thing. and And now... They're overloaded because no one knows how to take care of their pets. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we kind of just used to, uh, you know, the, the best boys have been there. We kind of just used to calling them, even if, it, you know, we all get paranoid about our pets. We love them. And yes. in some situations, we, it's not necessary in an emergency that can wait. But, you yeah. know, they've always kind of been there. And now we're going, okay, well, they're not as readily available as they were in the past. And yeah. now we have to... We have to think out of the box. Yeah, well, I think that's great that you're doing, um, offering a first aid because it's just like your kid. You know, I get out the peroxide and clean off the wound and then uh, put some iodine and mixed in Vaseline and then wrap it. <laughs> Nobody's died yet. Yeah, I, I, I think... Um, Part of the, when we go back to the uh, readers program that started for autistic children and now it's for all, you have, um, you have a, a, a top dog, which is $5 for a drop in, one drop in. And then you have champion, which is $20 for six drop ins. Now those are for kids to come in and read books with with uh, pets, right? Or with... Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, you know, so when we, we originally looked at that during COVID, you know, it was where we thought kids could come in, they don't have to... Um, it's not a social gathering, they get their own room. And so we originally did that with a bit of a payment structure because we weren't getting any revenue from our education programs. Right. Yeah. Interestingly enough, that program just never hit off, ever. Like, still yeah. to this date, this program's never hit off. So we're kind of offering it as a free service now to people that, you know, anytime, any point, kids can just come oh, good. Um, and read to, to the kids. But, you know, the original theory behind that was if we could generate some revenue during yes. COVID, it would make sense for us as an organization. Yeah, it would, too. 
The other thing I really didn't read about before was the five freedoms of animal welfare. And and that is um, worldwide, from what I understand, for um, the Humane Society and SPCA worldwide. Yes. Yeah. And so, um, freedom from hunger and hurt, freedom from discomfort, mm-hmm. freedom from pain, injury, or disease, freedom to express normal behavior, Freedom from fear and distress. I think that should be for humans as well. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, so absolutely. You know, I think the challenge is the animals don't have the voice. Right. So, yeah. clearly, clearly, defining that is super, super important. You know, and if we're if we want to be responsible pets, pet yeah. owners, then you know these are the responsibilities of making sure you're providing the animals in your care. Those you, you know, and I left my, my door open a bit for the cats to come in and out on my deck today. And when I was driving in, I thought, oh, my, what What if the bear decides to come in through that door? <laughs> You're going to have a mess when you get home. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What a mess. Yeah. And, I mean, it isn't just... Uh, you know, I, when I was in Mexico, I saw how the animals were just uh, walking around, um, you know, kind of wild in a way, uh, getting handouts and stuff. And then I remembered when I was a kid, we didn't have veterinarians, Angela. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and so they are not being mean. They're just back where we were. Yes. Until people... Yeah. St- and, and, that, and I think that's the real struggle is... We're so used to having easy access to veterinarians. Yes. It's so sad to see the amount of verbal abuse that veterinarians are facing because they can't help every animal. Yeah. And now you're turning away people and that's, I think that's challenge, that's hard for anyone who goes to the business of helping animals. Yes, yeah. You know, it sounds exactly the same as our emergency department. Yep. Uh, you know, it doesn't sound much different. Something, COVID did something, and uh, and people, I don't know if people are going um, to the, because I thought of that when we first got the free Medicare, and I was working in the, the um, in hospitals and medical records, and I was working for a, a private practice at that time. And the doctor said, well, now people aren't going to take responsibility for themselves. They're going to give it all to the doctors. And that oh, was yeah. back in yeah. 19, um, you know, the 1950s and 60s when we first got that. And, and it's kind of true in a way. You start to give your responsibility away to others. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, instead of taking responsibility for yourself and for your pet. I mean, there's, there's things that are really emergencies and then there's things that you could probably do. Like, I'm not sure about cutting my dog's toenails, but they sure need cutting. But he's pretty, he's pr- got pretty big boundaries about certain things. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get, I am, I'm going to get, um, what do they put on there? A muzzle. I'm going to have to get a muzzle to cut them. Uh, he he just there's certain places that you cannot touch on him. <laughs> He's pretty independent, and so um, the first humane society I didn't know uh, was the SBCA in Montreal in 1869. 
Yeah, people don't realize how far back uh, animal welfare organizations have actually existed. So, uh, yeah, when I actually did an animal welfare certificate program in and Cam lives, and that's kind of where I really learned the history. And yeah, I didn't realize how far back it went. Yeah, and then it went to Quebec in 1870, Ottawa in 1871, and Toronto in 1873. And it said they now exist in major Canadian cities and in some 85 uh, municipalities throughout the provinces. And so it started from one in uh, Montreal. And and uh, and then I read it started by Richard Martin, a British um, landowner and parliamentarian, mm-hmm. and others uh, to secure legislation against cruelty to children and livestock. That was interesting. Hey? Isn't so interesting. that interesting? Yeah. And so the first SPCA in England was 1824, and it makes me wonder about a person like him, who saw that uh, animals had rights. Yeah, yeah. And the change that he's made so far in the world. I mean... Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And and, uh, I just... It's always interesting when I'm going to do an interview that I start to go and look at the history and and I learn stuff like that I never knew and I appreciate when when you agree to have an interview with me and then I have to go and look... Well, when did they start? <laughs> and and so they're all nonprofit and charitable, and um, they're they have the authority to investigate um, complaints and lay charges when necessary. And it became a federal charter in 1957 in Canada. You're not allowed to carry a gun, though. <laughs> I read that too. Uh, anyway, I would really like people to go on your website and learn um, the wonderful things that you're doing, Angela. I always want to call you Angel, <laughs> and um, and I hope that the women will come and support uh, Diamond our fur ever. Forever. Yeah. 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 You know, we sold out the last time. People called us last minute. Can you open more seats? And I did. I opened up another 50 seats. Yeah. Over and above this, I opened up another 100 seats this year. But when we sold out, we sold out. So, you know, I, I'm, t- I'm advising people go, there's uh, probably only 70 tickets left and oh, yeah. 350 tickets for sale. So, you know, if you want to come and, ha- and hang out, uh, be open-minded, let your head down, and I promise you won't regret it. Well, there's nothing like women when they get together oh, and absolutely. with male strippers. It's wonderful. Well, I, I have to thank you, Angela, for what you're doing and, and the staff are doing there. And what do you need the most of right now? Uh, blankets? Um, or? Yeah, we're kind of, you know, the, one of the things we go through the most would be things like uh, paper towel, laundry detergent, uh, bleach. Yeah. Uh, cat scratch posts is something we're going through. Fans still, I mean, we don't, although we're raising money for that air con, you know, it's right. a substantial amount of money for us. So we're currently running off fans. You know, the animals right. are really cool in the rooms, but, you know, the people are the ones that don't have as many fans. So, <laughs> you know, if you have some fans kicking out there, we would appreciate it if uh, you would donate. And I'm going to find some volunteers to come and wave a fan around you. Oh, that would be wonderful, <laughs> whatever works. Good. Well, thank you again, Angela, for what you do and for helping the animals. And uh, very welcome. Take care of yourself. Okay. Thank you. Hope we'll all get together for Ladies' Night. 
So this is Senior Moments, and tune in next week, and uh, we'll have guests in the building. That'll be great. Yeah. (laughs) Bye. Senior Moments is a co-production of 93.1 CFIS-FM and the Prince George Council of Seniors. Senior Moments is produced by Sharon Hurd with production assistance from A.J. Fair. Theme music is courtesy of Goff Brooks Music. Catch the rebroadcast of today's show tonight at 9 or replay past shows through the podcast at CFISFM.ca. This is 93.1 CFIS-FM Prince George, proudly supported by community groups like the Heritage Free Presbyterian Church, 4020 Balsam Road.